Hello, and welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are a faith-filled, family-focused church that's in Lakeville, Minnesota. In a moment, you'll be able to hear a sermon from one of our pastors. We hope that you enjoy and grow closer to God through these messages. And now, for a sermon from our lead pastor, Derek Ross. God, we give you thanks and we give you praise tonight as we reflect upon the perfect sacrifice of your son, Jesus. It's because of your goodness and your grace that most of us have been forgiven, have been made new, no longer have to live in fear of upcoming judgment, but we can look forward with joy because of the gratitude that fills our lives now. We thank you for these moments that we've been given to gather together, to reflect upon your sacrifice, Jesus. We ask Holy Spirit, give us ears to hear what you're saying. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. This is our Good Friday communion service. So uh, I'm going to preach just a little bit. And if uh, you've not received communion elements on your way in, uh, you'll be able to receive those uh, before we partake together. want to say welcome again to those watching worshiping with us online. I also want to say uh, welcome, bienvenidos, uh, Celebration Espanol. Welcome to Celebration Espanol here tonight. Awesome. Yeah. See Youth is also here. It's good. They're not getting dismissed, and so it's great to have Celebration Youth. Pastor Josh, awesome. It's, uh, he's wearing a Jesus Crucifixion t-shirt tonight, so if you can't wear it tonight, when can you wear it, huh, Pastor Josh? That's great. You know, there's nobody like you, Pastor Josh. Yeah, we didn't need you to stand up. That's all right. That's all right. You know, we make a joke about it, but I'm kind of glad you did because that's really who you are, and uh, we're excited for that. Also, a Celebration Kids, you guys are in the building, in the room. There we go. Welcome. Awesome. I noticed uh, Pastor Ryan, our kids pastor, his wife, Caitlin, is also in the building. means they have not had the baby yet, so Caitlin, keep hanging in there. All right. Today's the due date. We're hoping you wait till after Easter because we want Pastor Ryan to be here on Sunday. No, really, that's what we're praying. Like Sunday at one, feel free to head to the hospital. But before that, keep on waiting. Jesus waited three days, so can you. Okay, I don't know. I'm not sure if that's biblically accurate or not, but uh, I mean, it is actually, that's true, whatever. All right, back to my notes. Back to them. I haven't found them yet. Let's do that. That's great. Hey, welcome. If you're a guest, my name is Derek. I'm the lead pastor here at Celebration, and uh, we're in a one-week series on promises, and so uh, you're going to hear a lot about family. So we say welcome to all those different parts of our family. If you're new, welcome to our family here tonight. Um, if you're newer to our church in the last couple of months, you'll get to meet uh, some of my family. I've got my mom and dad here from North Carolina, and um, they brought the warm weather. So come on, we should have brought them earlier. 
When they came at Christmas, the high for four days was half a degree. So praise the Lord, it's a lot better now. And so uh, my dad's going to lead us in receiving communion, get to hear a lot about uh, our family. But we're here looking uh, at our text. It's, It's Luke chapter 23. In a moment, I'll have you stand again and I'll read some verses. If you grew up Catholic, this is going to feel great because you were just standing. Now you're sitting down and then you're going to stand in another moment. So it's awesome. You'll be right at home. But everybody else should be like, make up his mind. I will. I'll let you sit down the rest of the time after that. But um, we call it Good Friday. Of course, that day in history was the darkest day, right? It wasn't good. People didn't wake up knowing the end result of the story. They'd gone from the triumphal entry, Palm Sunday, and people were celebrating. Then there was this trial at night, and it was this problematic kangaroo court style trial, you know. Have you ever wondered what a kangaroo court is like? It's because they jump over the evidence to their predetermined conclusion. This is exactly what happened to Jesus. It wasn't fair. It wasn't right. There was no uh, carry out of justice, but it was what the religious leaders of the day wanted. And Jesus, of course, had predetermined to do the hard thing, to say yes to the will of the Father, to come and be sacrificed for you and for me. Mentioned it last year, Jesus didn't come to die for our sins. Came to die for us because of our sins. So he had already decided that we were worth it, and so he came. So we're going to read this this text, Luke chapter 23, and uh, if you have a Bible, you could turn there. I printed mine out because I only have one table here tonight, so uh, anyway, I'll read it. But if you're able, would you stand to your feet again as I read from Luke chapter 23, verses 32? There's a lot of verses, but I'll just read a few of them at the top here tonight. The Bible reads like this, two other men... Both criminals were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, Golgotha, they crucified him there, Jesus, along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. And Jesus said some very famous words. If you've grown up in church, you may have heard these before. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, for they don't know what they're doing. Talking tonight about the promise of payment. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for the great gift of your son, Jesus. Here we've come to lift high that mighty name of Jesus, the only name that can save, set free, heal, and deliver. We ask, Holy Spirit, give us ears to hear what you're saying to all of us tonight. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 You may be seated. Pilate had sentenced Jesus to the most painful and brutal death. He would be beaten and bruised and then crucified on the cross. The Romans were experts at inflicting pain. They had mastered the art of torture where death would take not only hours, but oftentimes days. They knew how to make the pain continue and continue. They, they put a sign on the cross that read, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. And then Jesus hung there in full view for those that were watching. He was paying the price for you and for me for our sins, but not just our sins, the sins of the world. 
for your sin and for mine. Hopefully you got a note sheet on the way in. I've got three points. I believe you can memorize them tonight, but uh, if you'd like to write these down, it might help you as well. Number one, in this idea of a promise of payment, um, everyone owes. Everyone owes. It wasn't just a few of them. Now, those two other dudes that were crucified right next to Jesus, they were guilty. Uh, they, they had apparently stood trial, but they weren't uh, pleading their innocence any longer. And whatever their bad acts were, we don't know what they were. Again, if you're newer to celebration, I'd remind you, like I've reminded other people before, we don't need to add things to the scripture and add our opinion or belief or summary. We could just know that they were there dying a deserving death. We don't know what they did wrong the same way you don't know everything that I've done wrong. I wanted to say the same way that I don't know everything you've done wrong, but I wanted to soften the comment by letting you think I was only going to talk about me. But newsflash, (laughs) if I did some sinning, so did you. Why? Because everyone owes. We're not sure what they did, but this was not a case of mistaken identity. This was not the result of a miscarriage of justice. These men were criminals. They had followed the path that they thought probably seemed right, Proverbs 14, 12, but the Bible says, in the way it leads to death. Not unlike many of us that had gone our way doing things, but Here we see that we're all guilty as well, and our sinful actions demand a penalty. A very famous verse of Scripture is Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For all of us have done something wrong. Many of us have done more than one thing. You don't have to raise your hand to (laughs) self-identify, self-select, or admit the truth here tonight, but... All of us have done something, and the truth is, whether we've done a lot of things wrong or even just one, that sin separates us from God the same amount. Whether it's one sin for our life or one sin every day, or maybe you were really good at it, one sin every hour. The same amount of sin. That was Pastor Josh. He felt that word right there. I don't know. (laughs) One sin or many separates us from the Father the same, so he had to send the Son. Everyone owes. I told you you'd hear a little bit more about our family, and my parents are here. Growing up, I would come home after hearing uh, people at school saying, everybody's doing it. And I would come home, I would tell my parents, I was like, "Uh, Dad, everybody's doing it. He's like, nope, because you're not going (laughs) to. So it ain't going to be everybody. And I'm like, Dad, ain't a word. Ain't ain't a word. He's like, well, you still ain't going to do it. (laughs) But the truth is, it wouldn't matter if everybody was doing that one thing or not. All of us chose sin at one point or another. And most of us, it's even more foolish than the people we read about in the Bible because we've read about them or we have the benefit of technology and we see that other people have done stuff and we didn't learn from their hard mistakes. So, so we know that everyone owes, and this is more than an oopsies or an accident. It's a choice that we've all made, and the truth is our choices have consequences. And if we haven't, if the consequences haven't run into us yet, it just means we've been getting away with it for a little while, but it doesn't make it right or it doesn't make it okay. Because very simply, everyone owes. Here's here's number two. We'll see these in our next verses. It's not just that everyone owes, but that no one can pay. 
Now, I told you I love the fact that my family's here because when my dad's here, it means he can pay. I don't know what I'm going to eat tonight, but I'm pretty confident he can pay. I don't know what we're going to have tomorrow, but I'm pretty confident he can pay. I know what we're having on Sunday, and he can still pay. <laughs> right? But, but here, here's what we see. When it comes to the price of our sin, no one can pay. Verse 34 and following, it says, Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. Now, the truth is the Romans knew what they were doing, but they didn't understand the greater understanding. They didn't really know that it was the one true Messiah, the one, the savior of the world. They knew what they were doing, but they didn't know what they were doing. The people that cried out, even religious leaders that said, crucify him, they, they, they didn't really know what they were doing. There's some debate in, amongst scholars that whether uh, um, Judas, I almost said Josiah for a second, but I was like, that's not his name. Judas, <laughs> love you, Pastor Josiah. Thanks for playing the drums. But <laughs> Judas, there was some discussion that it may not really have been about greed of money that he betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, but he just wanted the kingdom to hurry up and come and Jesus wasn't doing it quick enough. So Judas, like many of us, was like, God, I'll help you. And he tried to speed things up, but nobody could pay. Father, forgive them for they don't really know what they're doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. Verse 35, the people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he's God's Messiah, the chosen one. Look at this. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine, vinegar, and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was the written notice above him, which we had read, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him, saying, aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself. Now look at this. He knew the truth that no one could pay. He said, save yourself and us. He knew what many of us have denied for far too long. That he was dying because of his own sin, but even that wouldn't be payment enough. He said, save yourself and us. I, I noticed this week as I was praying and reading and reading slowly, it was, it was remarkable to me that the insults that people threw at Jesus were actually declarations of truth. They, they thought they would mock him. Uh, they, they said things about him. The, the sign that they made to insult him actually was a declaration of truth for anybody that would come and see. Here is Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. But the truth is he wasn't just the king of the Jews. He was king of the Jews and the Gentiles. He was king of each and every person. He's king of kings and Lord of lords. The sign that they thought would insult him actually testified about who he was. But it wasn't just the sign. Look at this. The soldiers, another translation says that they came and they knelt before him to mock him and say, if you're the king, save yourself. And yet in their attempt to mock him, they fulfilled prophecy that says one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Even the soldiers rightly testified to who he was, even though they didn't know what they were doing. 
Have you noticed in the days in which we're living that as much as people try to mock or insult our king, they really simply tell the truth about who he is? There's no other religious leader, no other religion that bears the brunt of society compared to Jesus. There's no other name that's uttered more often when a, stu- when a toe is stubbed or a car accident happened. There's no other name, no other religious leader that people will call out to in a moment of crisis than the man named Jesus. So whether or not they made the sign to testify to truth, whether or not they knelt to mock him or not, the truth remains the truth and Jesus is Lord of all. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. No one can pay, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. For all of us, our wages, our payment is death. Our W-2 would read the same, (laughs) death. We can't do enough good things to pay the price for our sins. We cannot in any way, shape, or form qualify ourselves to receive life instead of death. But it's only through the gift of God in Christ Jesus. Even on Wednesday night, just two days ago, as we uh, celebrated together, had that Seder experience, and in the middle of it, I slipped over to see youth and Listen there as Pastor Josh and Evan were teaching on some different religions and this understanding that, that, that all these other religions are seeking to do good, to earn their way, to become, to achieve, to work their way to meet God. And yet it's only Christianity that our God came to us. No one can pay. So Jesus came to pay for us. You know, humans, we've spent thousands of years trying to achieve a higher reality. We've mutilated ourselves. We've contorted our thoughts. We've denied our physical realities, our constraints. And yet we still have not figured out a way to pay the price that our sin demands. But even on this dark night that we call Good Friday, there is in fact good news, which brings me to point Number three, number one, everyone owes. Number two, no one can pay. But number three, anyone may receive. That's the good news, dear friends, that that anyone can receive. Look at this, verses 40 to 43. says, but the other criminal rebuked him. Remember the other criminal, the, the other one that said, oh, aren't you the Messiah? Well, just save yourself and us. They were, they were getting there and says, but the other criminal rebuked him. He said, don't you fear God? By the way, I think a lack of fear of God is supremely evident in the day in which we live. I don't know that sin is more prevalent in our day, but a lack of shame surrounding it sure is. I I don't know. I'm not a historian. I I don't have video evidence of every decade through society. So I'm not really sure if people are addicted to sin more today than they've ever been. But I know there's less shame surrounding the acts that we humans are committing. Don't you fear God? said, since you're under the same sentence. (laughs) So we're being punished justly 
for we're getting what our deeds deserve. But this man, the one they call Jesus, he's done nothing wrong. On Wednesday night, Pastor Vicente and Will Bo walked us through this Seder experience. You know, Will shared with us once again that on that 10th day that, that families would go and they would select a lamb and, and uh, families that had enough funds, that lamb would go and live with the family for the next four days, that they would spend time taking care of the lamb, that this sacrificial lamb would really become a part of their family. They'd build memories together. They'd wake up together, play together, and yet they knew all along that the one that dad had selected just a few days from now would pay a price. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. The one that had a sign, king of the Jews, he said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, beautiful phrase. He said, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now, whenever we hear in Scripture that Jesus says, I tell you the truth, or truly I tell you, how many people know that everything Jesus said was always the truth, okay? So there wasn't like, oh, uh, untruthfully I tell you. No, no, no. Everything that Jesus said was and is always the truth. So when he says, truly I tell you, what he's really saying is what I'm about to tell you, you'll think it's not true. You won't understand how it could be true. It won't sound true in your own mind, but truly I tell you, this is going to happen. And he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Why would that be hard to understand? Well, he lived a life of crime. <laughs> he even admitted, we, we're here getting crucified for our own evil, sinful actions. We're getting punished justly. And yet, here we read this last minute conversation. It's kind of like a bedside confession. <laughs> this man was guilty, but he placed his faith and hope in Jesus and he was forgiven in just a moment. You know, everything can change in just one moment. You know, another promise in the word, 1 John 1, 9, says that he's faithful and just. If we'll just confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's a good promise for us here, that if there's still air in our lungs there's still time for us to change. Don't wait till it's too late, but if there's air in our lungs, there's still time to change. You know, this scenario goes against everything that religion has taught us in our culture. By the way, I'm not recommending it to be your strategy. He had lived his life, time was running out, but in a moment, he met Jesus and everything changed. But you know, it's interesting to note that uh, he didn't really meet the qualifications that most of us would think. He didn't get baptized in water. There was no time. He was on the cross. <laughs> he didn't give in an offering. There's no opportunity. His arms were nailed. <laughs> I would give Jesus, but I'm going to need some, you know, no, no, he didn't, there was, there was, there, there was, he didn't go through discipleship class. He didn't join a church. And yet Jesus said, today you'll be with me 
in paradise. Uh, I don't know if he had great theology, but he believed in a moment that there was something different about the man who was crucified with them that day. I heard something from a UK preacher, Alistair Begg, that I'll, I'll never forget. Recounting this uh, story, imagining what it must have been like in heaven. And of course, we can't assume that uh, we know what would happen, but uh, you know that this man, Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. He said, what if when the man went to heaven and and the angel was there. I don't really know that there's an angel sitting out there guarding the pearly gates of heaven, but, but that the angel asked him, well, what are you doing here? And this criminal looked back at him and said, I'm not really sure. <laughs> Where am I? Because <laughs> he didn't know. I mean, he didn't. I, I, the, the angel said, well, well did, you, did you go through confirmation class? He said, I don't think so. Well, did you uh, give to missions? Probably not. Did you join the church? Did you get baptized in water? Like anything, what did you do? <laughs> I, I, I don't think I'd do any of that. I didn't. Well, what are you doing here? And very succinctly, this preacher said that the criminal looked at the angel and said, the man on the middle cross said I could come. Wow. Not, nothing extra special, nothing very fancy, just the man on the middle cross. You know, the truth is, it would behoove all of us to place our, our hope and our trust, the assurance of our salvation, very simply that the man on the middle cross said we could come to. I remind all of us, whether it's a long time ago that we surrendered our life to Jesus, or maybe you're here tonight and you're like, I, I've not repented of my sin. I've not been forgiven once and for all. Wherever we find ourselves on that timeline, I'd remind all of us to go back to that point that it wasn't about the good things we've done. It wasn't about the verses that we've memorized. It wasn't about the offerings that we've given, the good deeds that we've done for our neighbor, but very simply that the man on the middle cross said we could come. And the truth is, all of us wrestle, the longer we follow Jesus, the easier it is for us to forget that the only way that we can get in is because the man on the middle cross said we could come. I, I, hope, I hope you spend the rest of your life becoming more like Jesus, but, but, but doing good things and memorizing the right things and helping other people, it won't be enough. Because everybody owes and no one can pay. But the great news is that anyone can receive. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. So the question for each of us is, do we choose to be part of that group of whoever's? It's a choice that we all make. You know, and nowadays we're always being told what group we're in and, and we don't really have a choice and this is the deal. But, but when it comes to this matter that anyone can receive, we all must choose, will we be part of the whoever? So once again, you don't have to join the church, you don't have to give it an offering, but you do need to believe in Jesus so that you won't perish and struggle, suffer through eternal death. The reality is, the Bible says that God's already placed eternity in our hearts. All of us will quote unquote live forever 
when we die, it's, we're just stepping from this life into the next. The question is, will we be blessed with eternal life with him, with the Father together? Or will we suffer forever apart? Anyone may receive. So in a few moments, we're gonna receive bread and juice together. It's a great opportunity as a family, but before I go, I wanna pray for everybody here tonight. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? I wanna pray for each of us. Whether we've served the Lord Jesus for a long time, or a short time, or maybe not yet at all. I wanna pray for each of us. If you're here and you've walked with the Lord for a long time or a short time or anything in between, I'm gonna pray that you'd be reminded tonight that it's only because the man on the middle cross said that we could come. That beginning with me, even as the pastor, that I, we would all be reminded it's not about our good works. It's not about the things that we do for others. It's not about the things that we say. I, I hope we become more like Jesus, but, but it's not really about us. It's just about him, what he's done for us. We've joined in with humans for thousands of years. We've tried. We've done our best, and it's never been good enough. So Jesus came to save us from our sins, really to save us from ourselves, our own selfish choices, so we could do this on our own. But I also want to pray for those that say, I'm not right with God, but I want to be forgiven. No matter what you've done leading up to this point, you don't need to tell me about it or anybody else for that matter. Whatever you've done, you can be forgiven in a moment. Because the man on the middle cross, the man named Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the lily of the valley, the rose of Sharon, the lion from the tribe of Judah, the one who was and is and is to come, that man on the middle cross, the son of the living God, the eternal king, the man named Jesus, the one the Bible says has a name that's given that to which every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, a name that is above every other name. The truth is there's no other name given among men under heaven by which we must be saved, that name of Jesus. He invites us all to come. To come be part of his family, the family of God. It's way bigger than any church that you could go to or be part of. It's, it's way bigger than any community that you could develop. It, it's the family of God. It's, it's billions of people, all of whom Jesus died for, paid the price for. And tonight, many will receive. And you'll be invited to join in his family. That'll spend eternity with him forever. So those two groups of people I'm gonna pray for. The first group is those of us who've been saved a long time or maybe a short time. I'm gonna pray for us first. Father, I pray for so many of us here in the room and watching online, maybe watching at a later time. Holy Spirit, I ask, would you remind us all tonight that it's not about what we could say or do. It's not about gold stars on our spiritual checklist. It's just because Jesus has paid the price for us. 
But your word says, whoever will receive him gets to have eternal life. So today we say thank you for paying the price for us. We all owed and none of us could pay. So many of us have already received. Tonight we say thank you for paying for us. Thank you for inviting us, allowing us to be part of your family. And now, Father, for those that are here, maybe watching online, they're not right with you, but tonight they say, I want to be part of the family of God. I want to be forgiven. They might not know many answers. They might not have memorized many verses. They might not have even done many good things, but Jesus, you've done everything that needed to be done for us to be forgiven, for us to be saved. But these that are here need to join the rest of us and simply surrender their life to you. The Bible says that if we'll confess our sins, you'll forgive us, you'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You'll remove the stench of our sin, the death that we owe. You've paid it in full. We'll be forgiven. The Bible says we'll be made new. So for those in the room and watching online, we've got prayer partners waiting by. If you're here tonight, before we receive communion together as a family, you say, Pastor Derek, I wanna be part of the family of God. I, I might not know all the answers. I might not have done many good things. In fact, I might've done a lot of bad things, but, but I wanna just receive the one thing that Jesus has done for me. I wanna receive his price that he paid for my sin. Say, Pastor Derek, before you move from this moment, if you're gonna pray, would you pray for me? In a moment, I'm gonna count to three. I'll ask you to lift your hand boldly and you can put it back down. If you're watching online, you can type to receive prayer and we'll be praying with you. But you've come on this Good Friday. You too can be forgiven. You can join the billions of others who've already said yes to Jesus. And you can leave part of the family of God. If that's you, when I count to three, would you just lift your hand? One, two, three. Come on, all across the house. Sure. Hands all over. Hands all over. Hands all over. Watching online. God loves each and every one of you. I'm going to ask everybody that's here in the room, maybe even if you're there at home on your couch, wherever you're watching, I'm going to ask everybody to pray this prayer out loud. Would you just repeat after me? There's not going to be magic in the words that you're saying, but there's something miraculous about the one that you're praying them to. So we're going to pray together. Say, dear Jesus, here's my life. I give it to you. Thank you for paying for me. Thank you for saying I can come. Thank you for making me part of your family. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Come on, can we thank the Lord here tonight for what he's done? In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. We hope that you learned something from this message and are able to apply it to your life. If you gave your life to Jesus for the first time or for the 10th time, please reach out to us on Facebook or email us at info at celebrationchurch.net. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again next week.